0: They're calling it the great resignation, but does that mean we have to be resigned to giving up on getting the best talent? If you listen to people who are in the know, the answer is no. To explain how that can be done, we have Shane Smith, the founder and recruiter at Banker Hire, From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily microlearning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs ...that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI... ...or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic and today on the podcast... As 2022 rolls right along, I am excited, shall I say geeked <laughs> to have Shane Smith on the show. Shane is the founder recruiter at Banker Hire. They are based in Bedford, New Hampshire, just over the Massachusetts border, 1 hour from Boston, and Banker Hire focuses on all areas of commercial banking private banking, fintech, community banking, mortgage lending, financial compliance, HR, and wealth management throughout the U.S. They're also available for face-to-face meetings with any client located in the New England area and extending into New York. Shane has been in the thick of it in terms of the talent search and has a lot to say about the Great Resignation and other issues really impacting talent. Shane, welcome to Bankadelic. You know, I'm sure that if you and I were meeting somewhere for coffee or a beer or a root beer, we would be talking for hours and hours and hours about the Great Resignation. It just continues to be a story, and when people say it's old news, I like to pull out statistics like this, and this is according to the World Economic Forum. 4.4 million Americans... 4.4 million left their jobs in September. And every month for six months previous to that, the statistics have broken records and exceed the pre-pandemic highs by a mile. I'd love to know from your point of view why you think this is continuing to be such an issue, especially in the world of financial services.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's an interesting time where folks are getting through the meat of the wait and see in the pandemic and they're coming through the other side saying all right i've spent the last year and a half two years of my life either working from home working intensely and where do i feel my quality of life is from an entirety standpoint a lot of people are taking stock and not just looking at the X's and O's of incremental raises and general title progression and things of that nature. And they're really looking at the biggest picture of how does my work impact me as a person. And I think it's a really interesting thing to process for the financial services world, especially banking and mortgage, because there couldn't have been a more perfect storm of intensity than employees having to figure out the new life of how do I manage my job from home? How do I manage my family during the pandemic? And then you take the dramatically low rate environment and this crazy explosion that happened in mortgage lending and you put this high pressure and intensity across the board on people who are in operations, in servicing, in finance in a variety of different ways and you put them under a pressure cooker, right? now you have the 12 to 18 month progression of that and if it was worth it do i feel i'm being valued economically and as a human being well enough and i think that's where you're starting to see a lot of people kind of take ownership of their career and where they want to move going forward and every size of institution every type of company that touches financial services have different struggles and different challenges and different things that they need to be aware of to really be able to not only capture new talent, but most importantly, retain talent as well. So what are some of those things they need to be aware of? Well, I think that there's old school methodology of wanting to fit everything into a specific box, especially on the HR side, right? Like there's this crutch that people lean into when it comes to salary data and when it comes to general market points that they live and die by. The reality is there are a bunch of companies right now that are either incredibly healthy from a financial standpoint or in hyper growth mode and they're throwing a lot of that stuff out the window so the data that these financial institutions are leveraging if it's 12 months behind or even six months behind it's putting you that much further away from being able to truly attract and retain in an appropriate manner i'm starting to see candidates that 10 years, 12 years, 15 years at the same company, excellent employee, great progression, getting on the phone with me and saying, you know, I didn't ever want it to come to this where I needed to be talking to a recruiter about making a change, but I know we're not keeping up with where there are different opportunities in the market. And at the end of the day, candidates are very, very focused on total compensation, total flexibility, and just general stability and wellness as humans.
0: You talked about that perfect storm, so it seems like if you are a candidate trying to get a job, the perfect storm is blowing in your direction. How does that change the equation for people who are trying to attract, retain, and let's face it, the first step, hire these people into open positions?
1: The mentality of job seekers and the way that employers view that category of people it needs to shift to understanding that job seekers are now job shoppers right skilled labor that you want to attract there's going to be a sub one percent market availability of people who actually need a quote unquote job so as the world starts to understand that they can shop around and try to figure out what's best for them employers just need to be conscious of trying to keep as much of a consistent pulse as possible on their current staff and also meeting candidates where they are when it comes to negotiations, right? Cause we see and we understand that historically you give a number and you expect people to negotiate back and forth. Where I'm having the biggest success is where we're getting buy-in from senior leadership and from folks involved in town acquisition that say, look, just tell us where candidates need to be. And if it's something that we can reasonably justify within our budget, Let's not mess around and let's make people feel that they are so valued in the process and that coming in to work with us is going to be an excellent experience. Because the way you get treated in the negotiation phase is going to be arguably the best experience you have from an employer trying to put their best foot forward. Because once you're in the door, some of those dynamics can shift a little bit. So doing everything we can to understands that candidates are in the driver's seat and make them really want to feel like they are partnering with an organization that values them and that will be genuinely a partner for their career moving forward is a huge deal
0: i love that the notion of partnership because in a very static sense and nobody's really to blame here it's a paradigm that's been used for a long time it's people and positions but partnership is an entirely different thing that if i'm hearing you correctly really could give an employer an advantage and really is something that potential employees are viewing as hugely valuable maybe you can unpack that a little bit
1: what partnership means when it works i love that that resonated with you because my goal as a recruiter now is finding matches where everybody's creating a win-win-win And what you want to do is be able to understand and unpacks the priorities of anybody where they're at in their career and figure out the best way to hit that objective together as early on as possible. And where that partnership can come from is in a variety of different ways. It can come in the form of, hey, look, you're an excellent analytical talent or technical talent or whatever the general experience needs to be. And we understand that you want to evolve your career to get exposure to X, Y, Z topic. It's making that commitment in the candidate and saying, we're going to invest in you as an employee. We're going to help you hit those next targets that you're trying to achieve. While at the same time, not dangling it over their head as a reason to use it as a leverage chip for negotiation and compensation and things of that nature. It's very clear when somebody's going to be a great potential hire and really trying to get to the core of we have a problem we need to solve as an organization and you have goals and ambitions and things you're trying to achieve as an employee and figuring out where those two roads can not only cross for the first year of a role but for the next five years i think is really really important and figuring out the best ways to have those dialogues that make it actually move the needle is something that the best companies are doing And there are some companies that still don't understand the need and requirements to really push that forward.
0: When you say that they don't understand, why is that, do you think? Is it because they're operating out of an old paradigm where they haven't made accommodations for the way things have changed or there's a lack of imagination or creativity going on? What's the big stumbling block there
1: and how do they need to change it? I think every type of company has their own potential challenges. So speaking from the banking demographic, I think there's always been a mentality of things have always been this way. This is how they're done. And there's an expectation that for some institutions, you're lucky to be here or we're the type of place that has people with 25 year, 10 years, et cetera, et cetera. That is going to shift and change especially with all of the merger and acquisition going on and a large swath of banking town be closer to retirement age they have a mentality that 10 years ago was accurate but if they want to survive and adopt and grow it has to change and adopt with the times in fact some of the community banks that i've partnered with where i've seen the best improvements were banks that five years ago, recruiting for them was challenging. You know, there was an archaic mentality, there was limited employer branding, there was limited flexibility and compensation, flexibility and work-life balance. It was, you know, hey, we're eight to five, it is what it is, you gotta come in. And watching some of those smaller institutions who have excellent leadership, both from a C-suite standpoint and a human resources standpoint, be agile and figure out how to adjust on the fly, now those are some of the easiest clients i have to recruit for because the narrative's there and the proof is in the pudding on how they've treated people the last two years the inverse can be said for some of the larger banks that we partner with i think that there are some brands out there that got very used to being known as best in business when it came to how they comped people how their stability was viewed how their branding could maybe make up for some things on the employee experience side and now that folks who maybe are 50% of their size are offering potentially 20 to 30 to 40% more in total comp and the flexibility piece, some of that panache of the stability or the market entrenchment, it fades away pretty quickly because people are seeing that the skilled labor, particularly in banking, it's not being replenished. So you have to figure out the right ways to meet talent where they are and be able to understand the needs, and not balk at catering to them, for lack of better words.
0: I find that fascinating because on so many fronts, we've been talking, Shane, about the notion that, well, community banks are never going to have the technological edge that big banks have, and they're never going to have the resources. But it seems like this situation has unveiled one hell of a wild card, which is, We can turn and mobilize and adapt much faster than the big banks can in this situation because, well, there's not many of us. And we can pretty much look at our procedures and the way we hire people and what those people do and adapt very quickly. That is really
1: surprising to me, but it makes a lot of sense. It is. And I think, too, the last time you and I spoke was probably a podcast in February that we did to kind of project what this upcoming year would look like. And one of the things we talked about was the changing nature of remote work and flexibility and things along those lines. And we discussed how the community banks and the regional banks need to change their mentality and viewpoint on who their competition for talent is because historically it maybe would be five banks within a 25 mile radius. Or if you're in a major metro, you know, 40 institutions within a whatever radius. But now your talent, if you're a community bank in New England, you could be recruiting against a group out in South Dakota or recruiting against a group in Florida or somebody in California that is comfortable with the 100% remote model and is just purely focused on getting the best people. And that is confidently happening. I've been noticing it, especially in the New England market where there have been a large swath of very talented people displaced due to merger and acquisition that aren't necessarily hooking up with the other bank that's down the road. They might be joining somebody whose mission, flexibility and comp targets resonate with them and they're comfortable making that 100% remote. Yeah,
0: we have two very mysterious things in life that are very tough to predict. One is the stock market and the other is the job market. And there would be the temptation to say, well, the great resignation, it's a phase or it'll bottom out at some point. It would seem foolhardy at best to make that kind of assumption. I'd love to know what you think we will see in the next few months in terms of the great resignation and how that might continue to exacerbate or whether we have hit this high plateau and we're gonna
1: stay there, what do you see? The great resignation will have its time where it's come and gone. And I've seen some folks that I really respect in the town acquisition community talk about the mentality of the great restructure. And that'll be the reaction to candidates who overplayed their hand in this market when corporations feel that they have a better grip on what they need from a town standpoint, who they overpaid, who's not producing ROI based off of what makes sense for the institution at that time, right? That might be two years down the road, four years down the road, five years down the road. Where that thought process maybe doesn't apply is an industry like banking or like fintech where the access to skilled labor that these banks and fintechs are looking for is so minimal because there is just not a replenishment of talent. The bankers who are making changes right now, I think are going to be in the power seat for a really long time, especially on the commercial banking side anything related to compliance, because that compliance market is just going to explode even further as crypto and blockchain and other areas become pressing, not only for the startups that are trying to attract as the next biggest, brightest thing, but as financial institutions understand, it's not going away. I have an AML search for a blockchain related item at one of the 25 largest banks in the country. And it's interesting that those folks are now trying to get into that area, but there's such a limited talent pool of folks that have that actionable experience. And it's very rare to find a company that's gonna hire somebody into any of those types of positions without training or experience or firsthand knowledge. So I guess that's a long-winded way of saying that, sure, the great resignation, it'll have its time in the market and it'll dissipate, but I think that anybody who's in banking or FinTech right now, they're gonna be in the driver's seat for quite a while.
0: Yeah, we are also lucky, speaking of driver's seats, that you are right up there helping guide us through this situation, helping us make sense of it. Shane, fantastic to have you on the podcast as ever. And thank you for being a great sponsor for Bankadelic. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, my pleasure, Lou. I'm really happy to partner with the group and look forward to continuing our relationship.
0: Shane Smith is the founder recruiter at Banker Hire. He is based in Bedford, New Hampshire. Be sure to look for Shane on LinkedIn.
2: You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, The Colorful Side of Finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery.
0: Bankadelic. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? BankerHire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. BankerHire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services, which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N. TicBank.com. Well, you know me by now. I got a great guest on the podcast, and I get a little envious.
2: Shane Smith and Banker Hire. I mean, why can't I compete with him? But if I had a business that went head to head with Banker Hire, what would I call it? Hmm. Welcome to Banker Lower, where the question, How low can you go? is answered unequivocally by bringing you a tenant selection of hacks. How does this here cash machine work? Incompetence! You don't want to open an online account. Mobile phones don't take cash! Jerks! Oh, asked the teller for change and he told me to go buy a new set of knickers. Narcissistic figures. Why, Ms. King,
0: it says here on your resume that you know more about how to conduct media relations interviews than a journalist with 30 years' experience. Morons,
2: And of course, clueless idiots. I want to make banking like a beach experience in a tropical paradise full of clowns and waffles. Also, you can enjoy the pleasure of raw power. Savor the fun, the thrills, the absolute blood sport of giving someone the boot and at the end of the day, feel good about it. After all, they shouldn't have darkened your doorway in the first place. So, when you'd rather fish in the swamp than the talent pool, remember us, Bangalore where our motto is we can't spell unqualified without you and now the qualified hosts of Bankadelic present three
0: Three Bullseyes. bullseyes
1: number one Every size of institution, every type of company that touches financial services have different struggles and different challenges and different things that they need to be aware of to really be able to not only capture new talent, but most importantly, retain talent as well.
0: Number two
1: the data that these financial institutions are leveraging, if it's 12 months behind or even six months behind, it's putting you that much further away from being able to truly attract and retain in an appropriate manner.
0: Number three.
1: Some of that panache of the stability or the market entrenchment, it fades away pretty quickly because people are seeing that the skilled labor, particularly in banking, it's not being replenished. So you have to figure out the right ways to meet talent where they are and be able to understand the needs and not balk at catering to them.
0: And now lose views on today's show Shane Smith shared with us his thoughts about the hiring equation and how that has changed as a result of the great resignation and he hit on a point that I think is pure gold which has everything to do with forming a partnership let's face it in the business world businesses that partner prosper why can't we use the same dynamic when looking at the people that we want to bring in under our umbrella to do good and to make our businesses succeed. It's important stuff to consider. And for those doing the employing, the message couldn't be simpler. Give people who walk through your door a sense of purpose. It's not as if the tides have changed 100% and all people seeking jobs are in the driver's seat. It's much more a matter of differentiating yourself to stress the culture, to stress the sense of belonging, If we think about it, that should have always been the theme going along, but it's been, as Shane mentioned, a long-standing practice to say, in essence, your job is your perk and you're lucky to be here. Well, we might want to revise that to say we're all lucky to have each other, just as in the pandemic, the tagline, we're all in this together, took root. And building a bridge where prospective employees and eager employers can get together on that and build that, is going to pave the way forward, no matter how the Great Resignation plays out in 2022. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carloso, you can catch me on LinkedIn, and as the feds close in on me and the otherwise
2: guys, I'll be thinking.
0: Until next time, so long.
2: Bankadelic is a production of NMD
0: London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.